we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker, she's Simone Roche. Here we are together again. Can you believe it's been another week in lockdown, or is it still lockdown, Simone? Are you able to now meet? people on the third Wednesday of the month in a garden as long as you're apart and wearing trousers. I, I'm a bit confused by your lockdown rules, but you've been able to go out and see people, right? Yeah, but it's weird, isn't it? You're almost a, a bit reluctant. And I think the weather was yeah. crazy. You know, uh, last weekend was the, or the weekend before last was the Easter weekend, which sort of mainly spent a lot of chocolate eating, as we said last week. Mm. But then, you know, some lovely sunshine, lovely walks, and then literally Baltic icy wind and get this not just once but twice but three times a lady no snow we had snow (laughs) stroke sleet I I couldn't believe it I thought you know they forecast it and you think oh yeah it's going to be that sprinkling over there and we'll sensationalize it no we literally had and we we very rarely get snow on on the uh on the waterfront but yeah we did and it was flipping freezing (laughs) so you don't want to go outside no so what's been to do this week with Northern Power Women, Simone? What's been going on? Well, last week was quite a short week. You know, it's always that kind of Easter sort of break time. And I think a massive difference from last year where we just hit into lockdown. It definitely felt a sense of quieter inboxes. Ooh, and, yeah. I, and it's a weird thing, but I, as the first time it was noticeable for me for the last, you know, sort of 14 months or so was a real significant not being battered there does feel a sense as though the country in parts have taken a bit of a break which I think's I think's amazing because Mm. we talked about ways of working last week and one of the things that we threw a very quick snap poll out there around how many people have actually taken seven days or more off um (laughs) and I think it was only 66 sorry six um, out of 21 people that would just happen to be on that one particular call mm. that had. So it's, it's interesting, but I definitely think there's been a sense of, yeah, we're going to just take a slightly longer weekend than, than normal. So that's good, isn't it? Because we all need a bit of rest and reset. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you said about not taking longer periods of, of work. There's a couple of clients I work with and one I've noticed, she's really good at taking set times. And I get emails saying, oh, I'm out of office between this day and this day. And I just, I I feel that envy. You know, I talked about someone else recently sending an email message, which had the statement about, you know, I work flexibly, do not feel obliged to answer this email when you get it. And I thought, yeah, I'm taking that tip. And then this other person, I just thought even, and I spoke to her and I said, where are you going? She said, nowhere, but I'm just turning off my work emails for a week because I'm determined to have a week and be present and focused with my family. And I think that's becoming harder and harder as we work more and more and more from home. And it goes back, doesn't it, to the poll that we were talking about last week, the Northern Power Women poll, with a lot of people saying they want to get back 
into the office just a couple of days a week, not full time, but to have that break. And I don't know if you saw this. There's a great new scheme uh, that's been launched in Japan, and it's a company called Switch who are renting out working from working from home in inverted commas pods so it's not like co-working spaces where you maybe have a desk in a huge office with lots of strangers which right now of course and potentially into the future isn't going to be possible but these are like little booths that they've put up in places like railway stations airports shopping centers that sort of thing and you can go and rent them they're a couple of quid an hour only so they're not very expensive they've got wi-fi they've got desks they get fully sanitized between use and as someone who was writing about it said it's pretty basic you are in a little booth there's no sunlight in there because you're in this little pod but it's it's not your own home. And if you're working where you're at your kitchen table for the last year and a half, even physically getting somewhere else can feel like a rest. And I wonder if they're going to come to Britain. I like that idea. I think you've got to have that sense of division. And I suppose the only thing I can equate it to is is us living on, on mm. a boat. You know, one of the reasons we've come in to our workspace is to have that division because it is a small space. Uh, and I know people are living in much smaller spaces than we are. But I think that it's that sense of division, that sense of on and off of which we've talked about so often that we're pretty lousy of. So I think there is something about that. And I think there's also going to be so much more commercial space potentially because we want people to come back into city centres and town centres but equally there's more and more reports following on we talked about last week of of people who are you know big organisations that are you know saying you know work wherever you want whenever Mm. you want so that is that means that it is going to change the face of town and city centres isn't it you know so we need to look at how you repurpose them and I think you know working spaces like the likes of WeWork and Avenue Mm. HQ and places like that have been on the rise so perhaps this is that that next step isn't there into your your own personal your personal pod isn't it or your personal booth here's a question should your company pay for your wi-fi should your company pay for a portion of your electric bill and your water bill and your ergonomic chair that you have to pull up to the kitchen table so you're not sitting on a wooden bench to do your work all day? I don't know how much that's been discussed in the UK, but I know it's a question that's been swirling here for some time. And as people are saying, well, I'd like to go back into the office, you know, a couple of days a week, then what does it mean for the times you're still out of the office? Has anybody got any any sort of um, recompense from their company for any of their personal utility bills? So, so there is there is actually a um, something that an individual can claim. Um, you know, there is via the government. It's, it's via tax, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's it's very low. It is very low. But it is interesting because my first uh, venture into working from home was in 2007. And mm. in fact, other than this very office, that was the last time, you know, before that or prior to them was the last time I sort of had that, you know, went to work every day. So mm. and as part of that, that was that contract was or that appointment was work from home. It was down in Uxbridge. I'd go down there to or three days a week come back you know but that was I was able to purchase that office sort of environment the chair the ergonomic 
rest and so 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 I think there is going to be something and I think this is where it's going to be really challenging for smaller businesses Mm. larger organizations are going to you know potentially make quite a you know could be making quite a lot of savings on those big offices yeah but I I do this is where is a worry for organizations probably like myself that you know the organizations that are those small medium that have invested in that infrastructure so but equally You've got to, we are got to, we've got to build forward better. So I think there has to be, I think it's a bit like um, organizations are looking at each individual person and what their work uh, style will be or their work, you know, workplace of the future. I think you've got to take it independently, I, I suppose, on, on you know, is it, oh gosh, not a risk assessment. That's probably not the right thing. But I think there's, you, you know, it's almost kind of assessing what you need for your your situation, um, isn't it, as well? Not, you know, it's hard. It is a hard one. Um, yeah, because I suppose there might be the argument that, OK, well, if you're not coming into the office, you're not paying your, your bus fare, you're not paying your car parking fees, there's not the wear and tear on your car, which your company necessarily wouldn't pay for anyway, even if you work for a big organisation. Perhaps if you work for a really big one, you might have a parking spot in their underground garage, for example. But quite often... Often, companies don't pay for your travel to and from work and don't pay for your car parking. So they might argue, well, okay, well, we wouldn't pay for that. You're saving that if you're working from home. So why would we pay for your Wi-Fi? I'd be interested to hear. Maybe we should do a poll over next week Mm. and find out if anybody has had any compensation from an organization that they work for, for working from home. I went out and bought my husband a chair because he was sitting on a bar stool in front of his in, in front of his desk that we got. And I went out and bought him a chair for $150, it was. And he works for a multi-billion dollar organization. Mm-hmm. We've not had a penny. And okay, he hasn't had the wear and tear on his car and he's not been using his petrol to get to work. But I'm thinking, yeah, I mean... We've had to up our broadband. We've had to, you know, we've we've bought that chair, for example. And I wonder how many other people have noticed additional costs. Do get in touch. Maybe let's run a poll on it next week. Check Mm. us out on LinkedIn. You can find us at Northern Power Women on Twitter, of course, at North Power Women. Look, I know we're going to talk more about money in a minute because you've found some really interesting research about savings during the pandemic. But should we get some life lessons going on? Oh, yes. Uh, and this week we've got Michelle Jones. And do you love this? She is the champion of kindness and she's the founder of Kind Consur- Currency CIC. And Michelle is one of our ambassadors for our Be Heard. And the reason why she's one of our ambassadors for Be Heard is because after we'd done our briefing session for our MPW Live event uh, last month, Michelle sent uh, a video and an email or video, uh, an email accompanying her WeTransfer with her video on saying, saying, thank you for making me feel as though my voice can be mm. heard. When it, when I came to that briefing, I thought it was going to be all the things I could get involved with and listen to. I didn't realise that my voice counted. So for one of those reasons, we asked Michelle to join us as a, as a champion and ambassador of Be Heard. But this is, you know, she's owner of Michelle Jones Wedding. She's a mum of two, a homemaker, community volunteer, charity worker, you know, but is the power of, you know, the power of community is what she's a big believer in and she is absolutely an eternal optimist um, and she's so proud as we are of her resilience so she has multiple chronic illness in fact she calls herself a chronic illness warrior but she's also a bit of a party girl who says what is life without hope and giggles here's Michelle hi my name's Michelle Jones and I'm founder and CEO of Kind Currency So my life lessons, 
When have you felt the fear and done it anyway? I feel the fear every single day. I manage a significant chronic mental health illness that drives anxiety with force through my body and I don't want to leave the house but obviously to live a full life I need to step over the threshold to take my children to school to go about the working day to eat to live and have fun feeling it the fear that is is not as bad as giving into it and I've done both trust me life behind the door is nothing in comparison to life on the other side of the door so just feel it go for it it's far better to feel it than to give into it how have you dealt with being overlooked either for a project a job or a promotion in my life as a wedding planner within the wedding business i have to pitch to clients and venues on a regular basis to win their contract and it's part and parcel of that lifestyle that i'm going to win some and i'm going to lose some i'm not going to lie when you get rejected it's it feels personal and you take it personally because you feel so passionate about it and without that passion then why else would you be doing it so yes you do feel it I always let myself have some time to feel it then I can process it and then I can move on from it so I allow the emotion to come over me I accept it I understand it and I move on to the next one what has surprised you about working life the main thing that surprised me about working life is that it's fun I grew up with lots of people around me that work jobs that they didn't find fulfilling and it was always that old mantra of you've got to you've got to work really hard to get anything out of life and it working hard is really awful and actually it's not if you're doing a job that you feel really passionate about and it fulfills you it's the most incredible experience and you you wake up every day eager to get on with that working life and it's it just blows you away how much fun actually working hard if you're in the right job is so for me the biggest surprise is that every day I love what I'm doing and I that whole thing of working towards retirement for me is just it's not a thing I want to keep going for as long as I can do what I'm doing if you're a working parent how do you cope with the guilt factor so being a working parent is really hard um i'm not going to lie about that obviously trying to create a balance is very difficult however coping with the guilt factor it's not so much learning to cope but accepting it 
accepting that you are going to feel the guilt. You know, you're going to feel that awful pang of guilt in a moment where you've not been present with your child because your mind's been elsewhere. And accepting that you're going to feel it for me is much better than trying to cope with it because for me that just then brings on anxiety around it so allowing myself yeah I'm gonna feel guilty I am feeling guilty but it's okay you know I I'm a working mum my children are happy and content you know and I need to work for us to have the lifestyle that we enjoy having and part and parcel of being a working mum until we evolve as humans is feeling that guilt factor. So for me, it's very much about accepting that I'm going to feel it, allow myself to feel it, but don't beat myself up about it. Have you ever changed careers? Yes, I have changed careers and I am a believer that whatever age we are in life, we can change our careers depending on what takes our flight of fancy, you know, and I think that we can learn and adapt new skills as we grow, which may take us down different paths. I once changed career though, and it was after I had my first child and I thought I resigned from a job that I had at the time and wanted to be a stay-at-home mum but also still wanted to have a working lifestyle so I changed careers completely and set up a time mind and business and I quickly learned that it wasn't the right thing to do for me and actually what I should have done is yes set up my own business but within the field that brought me joy don't get me wrong, the child minding was great. Do you know, I loved it for the period of time that I did it, but long term, it wasn't the right decision for me. And so I went on from there and created a business in what I love to do. Thank you so much to Michelle Jones for your life lessons. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, the talking about rejection and it is hard. As soon as you do run your own business and you have to pitch for anything, it can seem exhausting. And I'm part of a couple of um, uh, little sort of listservs here in the States of podcast producers and the like. And a, a young man got in touch the other day and said, I've pitched for three things and I haven't got any of them. This is ridiculous. What am I doing wrong? And everyone who was a bit older went, you're not doing anything wrong. It's really hard to win any business you've just got to keep rolling that dice but you do feel as Michelle talked about that sense of rejection and what have I done wrong so that's a really great lesson she taught there what did you enjoy Simone she talked and again it's something we've talked about about being a working mum you know as we evolve as humans you know that that whole guilt factor that comes with it you know and she was about you know what I'm going to accept that I'm going to feel it and allow myself to feel it and stop beating yourself up about and I feel like that needs to be passed out into the Northern Power Women podcast world because I know it is challenging. It has been challenging. Um, So yeah, do not, don't absolutely beat yourself up. It's definitely high five yourself for what you've done. Oh, we're going to get some high five soon, which I'm very much looking forward to. But do get in touch with your life lessons. We do them every single week, as I always bang on every week as well. You might be sitting there thinking, what have I got to say? What have I got to add? Number one, be heard. 
because that's what we're about here at Northern Power Women. Your voice is valuable. Number two, that little nugget that we will probably pass you by and you won't think is important can be the one thing that someone else really latches onto. So please, please get in touch. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. We would love to feature your life lessons next week. We'll tell you exactly what to do. It's dead easy. So do it. Thank you. Um, Right, Simone Roche, let's talk about money because this is something we've all been concerned about, especially for the last 18 months or so or 12 months, however long it's been with lockdown, 29 years, a thousand millennia. Uh, (laughs) But you saw some interesting research. I did. And it is interesting. We know the country is is not leveled up and we know it's split. But one of the the bits of research uh, that I saw, which is on the back of a recent YouGov survey, AccuraCast have released findings on how much consumers could have saved during the last 12 months. And it says the average person could have, this is the thing, could have saved as much as £19,372. And this, let me break it down for you. So the average commute, which we've just talked about, about £1,738. I think that's more than that for a lot of people. Yeah. Get this, right? The cost of a daily cup of coffee per year, £720. (sighs) Daily lunch at work, £1,200. Gym membership, £480. Childcare, £10,000. Mobile phone data, 60 60 quid. Average eating out annual costs, £1,040. Going out, £840. Average cost of spending on clothes, £1,200. Annual holiday costs, two and a half grand. It all adds up, Mm. doesn't it? You know, so I I just, I'd be interested as to how many work people think they are. So it's not necessarily necessarily a case of what I've saved over here in my savings account it's also it's the what you've not spent as well which you know yeah but you've got to you've got to offset all that against sourdough starters and jigsaw Simone how much added cost have those <laughs> things been teaching yourself Portuguese that subscription learning to make the perfect risotto <laughs> All of that and all that, yeah, all of that. Gosh, actually, that 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 was not good. So I've ordered myself in a Deliveroo instead. So it's all of that. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's, a, there's a yin, there's a yin and a yang for this, isn't there? Without a doubt. So, but yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. But yeah. it hasn't made me want to go and add it up. I don't want to. <laughs> No, I don't want to. And I know I've, I mean, restaurants and bars and things haven't been locked down here. It's been really strange. We had a month or six weeks or so in 2020 around this time when things were locked down. But I remember on my birthday, on May 13th, I went out for dinner. So I, that's how long they've been open. Restaurants have been open since 13th of May last year. So we haven't experienced that in the States. And in, in a really bizarre way, I feel quite envious of people who are getting dead excited now booking one of those outside tables in a pub and I think oh that's nice but you know we are lucky here that we are outside a lot of the time so there hasn't been the need to go and sit inside any bars but I tell you what a lot of people here have taken absolutely no notice they're inside in packed places with no masks on which we haven't done but it is a totally different world. Um, talking of money, I wanted just to mention the Forbes list, which came out, of course, last week. You know, the rich list. Everyone's getting very excited about Kim Kardashian, aren't they? The fact she's a billionaire, a self-made billionaire. But I wanted to talk a little bit about Whitney Wolf Heard. I don't know if you're aware of Whitney Wolf Heard. She is the founder of the dating app Bumble. Now, being a woman who's been married for a thousand years, I've heard of Bumble. I've never used Bumble. What I didn't realize was it's it's unique in the dating app world in that only women 
can contact men. If you're in a het- if it's a heterosexual relationship that you've been looking down for, men can't bombard women with messages and pictures and all the issues that we've heard about before on dating apps where women have received a lot of unsolicited pictures of those variety we know what we're talking about um so this is one only a woman as i said heterosexual relationship the woman can make the first move the man cannot make the first move so that's created more of a safe space for women anyway she is one of the um now billionaires self-made billionaires on the forbes list one of 328 women who made the 2021 forbes list of the world's billionaires up from 241 women last year so even in a pandemic that's quite incredible isn't it that 80 odd women have become billionaires over the last year which is quite extraordinary puts our 19 grand's worth of savings a bit to shame doesn't it it does, and I'm not even said we make the savings, so I think no, we'll, I know, we'll, I definitely I'm a long way from that list. I'm a long way. Well, well, high five to them anyway. You know, good for them. Great. Enjoy, enjoy your billions. Send, send us a, send us a gift. Just send us a little bit. Go on, go on. Uh, look, talking of high fives, this is something we do every single week now on the Northern Power Women Podcast. It's your chance just to big up a person, a thing, an event, a great jigsaw puzzle you've completed, whatever it might be that's just going to make you feel. Good. Simone, who's got in touch this week with their high fives? Oh, we've got Rebecca Lodge. She is thrilled that her outdoor exercise class has started again. Uh, We had outdoor swimming last week, didn't we? Outdoor exercise this week. Angelica Fradley has started an Instagram account for her poetry and it's just passed over 200 followers. Well done, Angelica. Tell us what the handle is. You didn't read that with us. We'll share that. Uh, Rob Mukherjee, friend friend of Northern Power Women. He's seen his mum and dad for the first time this year. Year. Uh, Sophie Odom is high five. I'm with her eating chocolate again after Lent. I've done all of that, all of that. Um, again, one of our great pals, Joanna Berry, Dr. Joanna Berry, after 18 months of hard work, finally completing, approving and launching her brand new Master of Energy Systems Management Program. That woman never ceases to amaze me. She's, you know, give a busy woman something to do, you know, and it'll get done. That's the wrong phrase, but you know what I mean. Um, uh, and finally, Jane Eckford, who is tickled pink, I love that phrase, uh, to be contributing to some of the written pieces of creative writing as part of the Writing on the Wall Festival. So congratulations all there. And they're all good, all lifting, especially the chocolate after Lent. Fabulous. We want to hear from you. And if there's been someone in your life who's just done a little something that's lifted your spirits and made you feel good about the world, we'd love you to kind of give them a high five as well. So tell us who you'd like to nominate or something in your life that's just made you feel great this week podcast at northernpowerwomen.com or search for Northern Power Women we're on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter we're all over social media like a rash so do come and connect and say hello and let us know your high five for this time next week please thank you have you got one Simone? I think it was probably coming out of the Easter summer meets snowstorm extravaganza looking like a matchstick. Very red face, very <laughs> white stick-like body. Yes, that was that, that was probably. And not actually high-fiving, not having to see many people, really, because it didn't look that great. <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you still rocked your lippy. You'd be good. (laughs) Well, listen, well, thank you so, so much for listening to the Northern Power Women podcast. We will, of course, be back with you the next episode coming your way a week today on Monday, April the 19th. Until then, she is Simone Roche, MBE. I'm Sam Walker. And the Northern Power Women podcast is a What Goes On Media production. (laughs) 